And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week we're doing the finale. We, we finally finished the last four episodes of While You Were Sleeping. And we literally, we finished them, how long has it been? About 10 minutes ago, I think. And yeah, I, I don't see how there's any possible way that this particular episode of the podcast can go well because we can barely organize our own thoughts like we had a little 10 minute chat before we started recording and we uh came to the conclusion that we have been rendered useless by the end of this particular k-drama and we are no longer functional human beings (laughs) The ending was spectacular, as the rest of the K-drama was, and um, I didn't take notes on it because I was too interested in what was going on, so my bad. But also, similar to the rest of the <laughs> similar to the rest of the K-drama, there's just a lot going on, and there was a lot of build-up and a lot of hints dropped, and then. In the finale, everything came together. All the puzzle pieces found a place. That's a big thing, is with these, like, these final episodes, there's no room for prediction, is there? It's not like me and Em can sit here and be like, oh, you know what I bet will happen? This. Because we did that while we were Except with Wutak, because he was left hanging. Yeah, what was that? I feel so bereft by how they decided to give us just the tiniest little conclusion, like, the most definitive ending he got was, oh, and he's pretty good friends with Hongju's mom. She adopted him. They're good friends now. He hand-feeds her. He feeds her uh, by hand. She was the only free one left. <laughs> they were the last ones out, and uh, they got together. And that's cute. And he got the law school thing, but even that feel like it didn't come to a head at all. He just read some books sometime. It wasn't like, I just got my acceptance letter. Yeah, it's just like you have to assume because he's hardworking, highly intelligent Wu Talk. I guess we can assume things went well for him. But I guess, I don't know. The biggest thing is that we had to watch him pine after Hongju for the whole K-drama, and I don't need my hand held. I don't, in this life, in these K-dramas, I don't need all the assurance in the world, but the one thing I did kind of need was that the assurance that Wutok made it, that everything is fine, that he got all of his happiness, and so while we can assume, like, He's a fighter. He's going to be fine. We didn't, <laughs> we didn't get that. We didn't get the full... I don't know. I wanted it spoon-fed to me. I wanted the writers to be like, this is how happy Wutok is. He's the happiest. Because he, he doesn't get the girl, and now he doesn't have his job, 
And we got a half assurance on the job of like, here's another path that he's probably going to take because there was a dream about him taking this path and he seems dedicated to it. But there was no reassurance that that was the path that was going to work for him. And there was zero no ending on him finding a girl, which is like, I know that it's fine to be single, but why even include the policewoman that's pining after him? And why include his love for Hong Ju that was everlasting and just end it with like sadness? Like he's alone now. It's so everlasting that he took a like a sad little picture of their shadows standing next to each other. And you're not gonna <laughs> give him a girlfriend. Like you're not gonna give him something to that like someone better than Hong Ju. Because he was such a devoted friend and and we get nothing. We get nothing. My only thought is maybe they're going to give us a sequel that's all about Wu Talk, which is really all I want. So that would be fine. I would be totally fine with that, but I do not expect it. No. It's only a, it's just a dream and not like one of these dreams that come true. <laughs> and while you were sleeping, a regular dream, just a regular sad dream. Speaking of dreams, were you, like, a little bit... I was, like, just, like, 2% expecting Hongju to wake up in the hospital with her mom dead and be, like, everything that I just dreamed was, like, a coma dream for the past six months that I've been asleep. Like, that's just what the whole show was, is it's all been a dream, because that's kind of what they did, in a way. Several Sometimes. times, yeah, we'd be watching something happen, and then we'd be like, what the what? When you make the whole first episode a dream, you can't expect the watchers to fully believe anything for the rest of the K-drama. Yeah, there was a little bit of doubt in my mind. And since it's a K-drama, most of them, maybe all of them, have happy endings. So I'm glad and not surprised that they ended it in a normal, happy manner. But I was a little bit like, is it all a dream? I will be sad, but not 100% surprised. It could have gotten pretty fucking dark there. It could have gone so bad. Because <laughs> then we know that the logical conclusion to her waking up and her mom is dead is her committing suicide. And that would have been bananas. Yeah. Uh, I don't even want to think about it. There's a spiral that we could go down that's the different ending, the darker timeline. But uh, there was a nice ending for Hongju and Jae Chan. Sort of. It felt like a dark timeline because Inspector Choi didn't make it to the end. That's true. But he had such a good ending. My goodness. The way they wrapped that one up with the dream. That one was beautiful. So poetic. beautiful. Uh, I really appreciate those closure storylines. Um, so even when they're sad, like I can, I can totally deal with that because they gave him everything that I needed from him as a character, and this is really about me. Is what this is. Um, <laughs> But no, just as as a watcher, as as a viewer of the K drama, they gave me 
everything that I needed from his character, where they gave him closure, and they explained all of his motivations, and they were beautiful, and it was so full circle how it came back around, and I loved it. It was so good, and I love him so much. So I think he got a good ending, even if he didn't make it to the ending. Yep. And then we got a high dosage of Jay Chan's angel tears. Just. Oh my goodness. Did he win the Oscar? <laughs> Is that what the Oscars are for? Is it the Academy Awards? Do they do TV? Who does um, TV? I think it's. Who's giving Jay it Chan the, the award? It's that Emmy juice. I'm over here. He can get any award from me because he <laughs> cried so much. Give him a and Grammy so because his that he sobs are like all music. I wish I hadn't said that. <laughs> I'm so sorry that I cut you off to try and give him a Grammy. No, I was going to make the same joke about Tony's. I was like, he's a uh, he's a stage performer, basically. He's a Broadway artist. The soundtrack of his tears is. <laughs> isn't worth an award let's hear it <laughs> it was really beautiful that punchline <laughs> yeah 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 he did really well and um I think I might be dead inside cause I didn't actually cry this episode I sniffled I cried during I sniffled I cried during or I sniffled during Choi's funeral. For some reason, I made it through his entire death scene, and then as soon as I saw his smiling yes. picture, that was the moment that my brain could no longer take the pressure of the K-drama, and I just had, like, a little stoic tear. It was nowhere near- Ah, uh, see, for me, for me, it was, uh, seeing Hyung Mi at the funeral, the homegirl that worked with him. Because they had such a different relationship than anyone else in the K-drama. And, oh man, just seeing her break down. I did not I did not even let out a tear, but I got pretty teary-eyed. Yeah. I was like, she's the one that did it for me. I don't know why. Lee Jong-suk, your tears are so good, but they just didn't, didn't get to my heart. They didn't bring it down. I expected to cry during... Wu talks goodbye with his best friend officer because it was hard. It was really beautiful the way it was presented and it was rough because they've had yeah. such a good bromance. It was maybe the most meaningful relationship in this whole show and <laughs> I loved it and I expected to be more moved but also I liked how he decided that he's so good, he's so pure, he was not going to perjure himself. That was very Wu-Tak. I appreciated that they upheld that his character. so true to Wu-Tak. Yeah. Because he, he had the dream, so he knew, or at least he thought that him saying he was colorblind was going to ruin everything. And that Liu Bam would get away. Oh, but he still did it. He still did the good boy thing. He's still the world's best person. So he managed to not only find a way to tell the truth and not perjure himself, but we still locked up the RMF. Oh, man. That guy's ending. That was crazy. 
I can't deal with how he is, honest to God, the worst villain. Like, I can't... (laughs) Childish isn't the term. What's the term for a person who can't accept their own failings so much? Like, to, to the extent that they run another person over not to achieve any end. It wasn't like it was going to hide his misdeeds or get him anywhere literally it because of that his fate was 100% sealed and yet he still did the thing that's the thing I don't understand I guess is that he was all about self-preservation from the get-go it was his main motivation Mm -hmm. it was his motivation when he was a kid and Jaychon he crashed Jaychon's motorcycle and it was his motivation when he um, falsified evidence in the serial killer case, and it was his motivation when he, um, I don't know. It's just always been his motivation, and we won't go through yeah. the whole K-drama. And so I guess that was the one <laughs> character thing that didn't line up for me at the end. I didn't understand, I guess, like, a last act of desperation or, like, anger but also, it just didn't seem in character to me that he would do that. That's fair. It's uh, it was hard to tell because it was different than all his other um, misdeeds because it seemed like he made Investigator Choi out to be a father figure to him, and Choi was like, "Well, like that's fine, but I'm not your dad." But if I was, I would still say this, like, do the right thing. And she just kind of falls apart emotionally. So I think it's that breaking of his mind and his character that was like, well, we're going to allow him to do this thing that's out of character, but it's because he's broken and he's basically insane now. That's fair. I don't know. He did It's very sad. Yeah. He seemed to snap. That was it. So, I don't know. I don't have too much of a problem with it. But, except that it happened, and it was very sad, and Liu Bum is just super fascinating to me. I think he's a real good villain, and I really like him, because he's such a logic worker, but his logic is always so wrong. Yes. It's interesting, because... He's so devoted to his logic as well. It's that thing where people have kind of analyzed the idea that anyone could be a villain from someone else's point of view. And then when someone's Mm -hmm. just so devoted to their own cause and their own logic that they can't see that they've become a villain. And... It made his character super interesting, for sure. I hated him, but loved him. It's- he was one of those- Yeah, yeah. Those characters that you love to hate, because he's the worst, but he's so good at being the worst. He's so good at being the worst, and there's so many flashing seconds of compassion towards him, where for a second you believe him and you understand him, like in the interrogation room- when he's talking to Jay Chan and he's like, all of you have made mistakes. 
are all of you are in the same boat as me, or at least you're one step away from being in the same boat as me. And you're like, oh man, you're so right. But it reminded me so much of the scene where he is in the court accusing the doctor yeah. of killing the patient. And you're like, wait a second. Um, no, you planted evidence and you pushed someone off of a roof to protect your reputation. That's not the same as prosecuting uh, the wrong suspect because you think they are the right suspect. Right. It's different. And it's not the same as not having a perfectly set in stone case against someone because you decided not to autopsy a body because the family asked you to not autopsy the body. And that's not the same as putting medicine bottles in an evidence bag. Oh, do you see? Yeah, like it's... Do you not see? But he doesn't see. So. He doesn't see at all. He's completely committed to his form of logic and his uh, efforts of self-preservation. And it's pretty incredible how they developed someone with such flawed logic. I also, by this point, if you, Emily knows, and if you've been listening to the podcast for long enough, you know I'm such a sucker for those beautiful one-liners, like those really quotable one-liners. And when <laughs> they're in the interrogation room and Jay chan is listening to this really, really uh, psychotic logic and comes back at him... <laughs> With, uh, all he says is, you aren't here because you were wrong. You're here because you insisted the wrong answers were right. And it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Jay Chan, good job. I feel like there are so many of those in this show, but there is one that I had such a big problem with. And I can't remember which episode it started. I think it was one of these four episodes. And it was the very beginning of the episode. I feel like they were at the beach. So maybe it was before these episodes. Anyways, I think that's the they start the 13. episode. <gasps> really? <laughs> okay, okay. Yes, yes, yes. So it is the beginning of these four episodes. And they are talking about just every decision leading up to this point has gotten you to where you are. And they're like, where I am is where I want to be. Therefore, every decision I've made has been the right decision. Whether it felt right or wrong, it got me to this place that's wonderful and beautiful and we're together. And like, that just felt like a little bit illogical to me. Or at least uh, just a, a little off with the logic. Well, it takes away like, accountability. Every decision has been a wise one. Right. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it was an odd jump, because I feel like a lot of this show has been pretty on point with the with being pretty wise. It's a wise show. And this this one speech just struck a wrong chord with me. Very odd. Um, but anyways... Who else? Who else had an ending? Oh, I guess uh, we could talk about Pro Lee. He's oh, yeah. got a big ending. We uh we had a fun little competition with Pro Lee's ending on who he was dating because I'm a maniac, and I decided that.
that it had to be I decided that it had to be the unexpected choice. Um and so I said he's definitely dating Proshin. And Emily w- went with the actual real smart <laughs> choice, which was also the real storytelling choice, which made sense in a narrative way as well, because they became close over time and we got to see it. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, you say it's the smart choice, but I think it's the um, kind of just the choice you didn't have to think about, which is fine. That's it's fine that they handed it to you, but it doesn't make it the smart choice. <laughs> it, they just put it right in your hands, and I'm, I'm pretty. Uh, that's kind of all I go with. I'm like, what does the K drama hand to you? Which is to say, they had episode thirteen, that phone thief, and they really built it up like he was going to be the policeman. And if you had bet me $100, I would have been like, 100%. And Raquel might have been like, I don't know, I'm, I've got my doubts. And I would have been like, no, 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 Raquel, you're freaking wrong, because it's so <laughs> obvious. Like, I always go for the obvious choice. Well, the thing is, with Investigator Choi being the cop from the past, it blew my mind to be honest just because there yeah, was I don't a... think either of us would have guessed him no because there was no point in which they like soft hinted at it or like gave us any idea that he was anyone other than a new character and a fresh face like I would have believed it was someone they had not introduced before I would have believed it was investigator Choi yeah that's why I was so convinced that it was going to be phone guy and I think they wanted you to believe that they pretty obviously led you to it. But I was really impressed with some of some of the writing and the the scene setting that they did around this phone thief where they would be talking about the old policeman that they used to know and then they showed this this new guy picking up phones at a cafe and you're like, Oh no, he turned to a life of crime and then later uh, the, he has the dream of um, Jaechan and Hongju in a fire, and then yeah. it shows Jaechan and Hongju like eating breakfast, and then it shows this man waking up, and it doesn't show you who the man is. So obviously, you find out later that it's Investigator Choi, but you think it's the phone thief because you saw him like go to bed the night before, and they just ah, oh, they wrap it. They intertwine it so elegantly that it's it's not unexpected that you think the phone thief is the policeman that they met in the past. And I think that's so cool. I think they did it really well, even if it was all a lie. Right. It's like they it was quite the red herring that they tossed in to be like, focus on this. So you will not even believe the shocker that we will bring to you at the end of this episode. Yes. They got me. Hook, line, and sinker. I liked it, though. Me too. I, I thought it was artfully done. And I loved that Choi was, yeah, the the old police, police officer, just because... Choi was so good. We loved him from the beginning, and it was so good to find out just how important he was to this story. I think that's good storytelling. Yeah. That, uh, 
all of it. I'm, I think I figured out my biggest problem. Like, we've had a few complaints here and there about this K-drama. And our biggest one has been that it it's, like, too much. It's too emotional. And I think what would have solved it for me is if I had just binge-watched it. I think watching it four episodes a week has been like every week I'm like oh, I don't want to watch it again and I don't know why yeah I just don't want to watch it again it did feel a bit like a chore which is weird because I enjoyed it when I was watching it I was like I love the show I love the characters I love the actors I think the storytelling is so good but coming back to it after a minute away and I think it's kind of something we talked about I don't know pretty much every episode of the podcast where they had these little mini storylines that ended. And every time they ended, it felt like a complete story. Like, we didn't need to start a whole new court case <laughs> for us to wrap anything up. Everything felt wrapped up. It's like, their relationship is good. And, uh, and it also felt like whenever they wrapped up a court case, it felt like they had wrapped up the drama from the past with their dads dying and everything. Because the mm -hmm. little bits and pieces you got that in around the time that they found out that they were each other, like she was Chestnut and he was the cop's son. Like when they found that out, it felt like a complete story. And it's like, okay, problem solved. Then they were like, no, 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 no. Remember the guy they saved? And before that, it was like, and they knew each other in the past. And it's like, okay, well, that's... That's solved. We, they don't need to know that, that they were each other. It's fine. I don't know. I guess it was my mentality it's going just into cool it. cool that they met. Yeah. Mm. And I think, yeah, that's what it is. Is it, At first that seemed like... I don't know. Everything seemed like it could be wrapped up every time. And then they brought back a, a new aspect to be like, no, remember she's had a dream and there's a green umbrella murder running around. And so... Yeah, made it tricky. So it was both like it could go on forever, but also like it was constantly coming to an end. Yeah, maybe that's a good way, good way to describe it. Yeah, so it's hard to come back to when it feels like that. I don't know. I don't know. And it was very emotionally draining. I was just heavily invested in this show more than I think a lot of K dramas. So I was like, I don't want to cry again today or be anxious again today or... I think it's something about legal dramas. Because watching this, these legal like court cases, you just... Uh, it will always make me nervous fearing that the law isn't the best thing or that it's not going to win out in the end. <laughs> that will always make me nervous because... yeah. I've always been taught that, like, you trust the law. The law is good. Like, the law will protect you. And then they had so many instances where you're not sure the law is going to pull through. And you're like, come on, the law. Come on. Get it together, the law. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe if we had watched it in one weekend. Like, it's a good thing that you and I don't live together anymore because I feel like we would just binge a K-drama every weekend and then record our podcast as we go and we would slowly lose reality 
Yes, and friends. Because it's just so much easier to watch them all at once. It is. And we, when we did live in the same city, we totally had a habit of doing this. I remember many a day, like, going and buying too many snacks for two people to eat. (laughs) And then spreading out on the couch and and committing ourselves to a K-drama. And also, we had the convenience of watching four episodes, recording, and then being like, so we have time for four more, right? And we do, like, nine hours of this in one day. Yeah. That's so much. Yeah. But I feel like we would do it all the time. Like, I'm totally down to do it again already. Yeah, like, uh... All the time. When, constantly. Uh, the next time we're in the same place, we talked about how the effort it will be to for Emily to actually have time to visit people, because I will be like, but we can watch, like, we can spend, like, three days straight watching K-dramas, and then we'll be like, oh, but my parents, and I'll be like, but Emily, the podcast. <laughs> but this is for work, basically. My recommendation, I'm sorry this comes at the end of the K-drama, maybe it's a good recommendation for the next K-drama, is just like, for everyone else, just set aside one weekend, watch four episodes, listen to us, and watch four episodes, listen to us, and do that nonstop for two days straight, and, and tweet at it'll us be a much more pleasant it. experience. But we had to think it was crazy for like a week straight. Because we couldn't watch the next episode immediately. I, uh, I'm interested to see how the next K-drama goes. I've decided for, after this K-drama, I've decided I'm always going to lean in to whatever they're doing. And I'm never going to be, like, surprised is the wrong term here. I'm never going to be skeptical of anything. I'm just gonna assume but uh, they always know what they're doing, and I'm going to lean into everything every character says, even if it's insane. Because I'm so sick of, like, how we uh, we call people out, put people on blast, decide to drag <laughs> them through the mud, and then at the end of a K-drama, the writers are like, ha, nope, hope this hurts, hope I this do hurts feel like pride. We're constantly tricked. But now I'm also like, but where did the policewoman go? Why was she there the whole time, pining after Wutak, and then disappeared? Oh, now I can't lean into it because I'm always going to think about that. Yes, every time you do, you'll be like, I just have to trust that the green umbrella is going to come back. And I feel like we did it with Goblin a lot more, where we were like, what the heck, Goblin? What is this scene even about? Right. And then they'd be like, two episodes later, it's about something real important, so please stop talking. And we were always proven wrong. This one, not so much. But now we will always have the policewoman in the back of our mind whenever we make guesses, and then we're like, no, 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 just trust in the K-drama. It always comes together. Nope. No. It doesn't always come together. They don't Sometimes always... people just disappear. Yep. And then you just never worry about it, apparently, except I'm very worried. I hope she's okay. I hope she's happy. I hope that Wutok gave her the chance she deserved. We don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know. I'm I'm a little bit mad about that. She deserved better. Never forgive, never forgive. Basically, like like we said, because Wutak doesn't get a love interest ending, 
And I feel like even if she was just a rebound and he dated her for a minute, it would have been a good sign to see him kind of getting over Hongju. Yeah. And being like, I'm I'm back in the dating pool. I'm not going to pine after my best friend's wife. Yeah. That's weird and sad. It would be mean a little bit. That's no good. Um, yeah, I guess... That's no good. Because they didn't give him a romantic ending, it does really feel like it made his romantic interest in Hongju, story-wise, super pointless. Mmm. I don't know. It just doesn't feel like it has a point if it doesn't culminate in him no longer having... I don't know. Or, like, having his own romantic storyline or something. It just seems like a conflict that didn't need to be there. I don't know, though. That's fair. They didn't even really make it a conflict. Like, maybe it's... Um... I don't want to say poor... Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. There's just four episodes where Jaychan is, like, real jealous. And that's Mm. the only, like story purpose I can see behind it. But then after a while, it would have been fine if one day he was like, hey, I'm over this. It was just a crush. Like, don't worry about it, Jaychan. And Jaychan... Yeah. Um, I don't want to say it's poor storytelling, because I feel like there's really good storytelling behind this show. But it feels like they could have just been friends. Um, Wutak and Hangju could have had a normal man and woman friendship and I feel like that would have been just as fine and kept everyone's relationship above board and normal and Jaychan could have been jealous but Wutak could have constantly been like well you can be jealous but I really like her as a friend I don't know maybe it's just because my best friend was my husband's best friend before she was my best friend. Like, Raquel has known Jason for her entire life. Yeah, we grew up together. And I got to adopt her into my relationship. (laughs) But I was never like, Raquel and Jason. Yeah, and it was never like a weird thing where, like, I don't know, I feel like Jason and I have an extremely meaningful relationship as friends without it being weird and, like, they could have made their relationship really meaningful as friends without it being weird and having him pining after her. Yeah. So maybe that's why I'm so caught up on Wutak uh, liking Hongdu and not getting a release from her, but she gets married and has a normal life and he's just like, cool, 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 I get half an ending. Yeah, I get... The potential to be an attorney, we think, probably. I'm a pretty smart guy, so... Have you seen my abs? (laughs) They're really good. (laughs) They're really good, but now that's all I've got. I've suddenly become a two-dimensional character right at the end here. He's got his corgi, he's got his abs, and he's got some books that they dropped off at his house. Hongju's (laughs) mom. Hongju's mom. Oh, boy. I feel like I started this episode, and we started with Wutak, and we were like, eh, what a bummer, and now I'm really mad. As time goes on. As we've talked more about it, I've gotten so grumpy. I feel more like I missed out on something. 
Because that's all we get. This is it. This is all we have of Wu Talk. And they didn't even let us wrap it up. I don't know. I just, he's my favorite character. And I love him. Yeah, we shouldn't have picked him as our favorite character. We should have just picked Jay-chan and been so happy with the ending. Yep, that was our mistake. It's our mistake that we keep falling in love with these secondary characters. Though, arguably, Wutok isn't necessarily secondary, because he was the third dragon. He was the third dragon. I thought he was a lead until this last episode was like, oh, he's not. Don't he's worry. not a lead. Don't worry, he does not get anything like a lead ending. I just want to see a K-drama, and I don't mean his- Like, I want to see a K-drama- about Wu Talk, and I do not mean the actor. Like that would be great too. I really loved the actor that played Wu Talk, but I want like I want a K drama that's just called Wu Talk, and we just get to see him <laughs> live his life and be so good at being an attorney. I want to see the day that he and Jay Chang go up against each other when he's an attorney and Jay Chang is a prosecutor. <gasps> But instead of being, like, real crazy and mean, they're just, like, kind of cute together and yeah. kind of jokey. And kind of, like, they... Not like they don't take the case seriously. Yeah. Just cute. This episode is brought to you by the <laughs> law. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by our love for this spin-off series that will never happen. This, uh... No, I'm just sad. This podcast, uh, once again, we've just downward spiraled into what we would have done with the storyline as people who are not professional writers and have... Yeah, no- I'm so ashamed. They did such a good job on this K-drama. <laughs> no disrespect over here. What's wrong with us? <laughs> so that does it for while you were sleeping, everybody. We are forgetting that's it. to mention that's where something. they ended, and that's where we ended. Yep. We're forgetting a lot of things, and I'm fine with it. We covered our leads. Yep. Oh, there is one last Wu Talk related thing because I'm obsessed with him and I can't stop talking about him. Uh, can we talk about how his deep dark secret was that he's colorblind? Like, that's <gasps> the least dark, dark secret anyone has ever had. Like, it was sad because it made it so he could not do his job anymore. But also, I was expecting, like, I don't know, he did a crime or he uh, was not the good person we all thought he was. For some reason, I expected it to be something shocking about his character, and then I'd be like, I don't care, I still love him. I don't care. Uh, no, it was, like, so pure that he was so worried about his colorblindness. Okay, so you said we talked Deep Dark Secret, and I was like, another loose end that they did not tie up. <laughs> I did not even put together that that was his Deep Dark Secret, because who cares? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Apparently the law- That was his secret the whole time? Apparently the law oh, hates- Oh my goodness. Colorblind people. And by the law, I mean- uh, Colorblind? Yeah. Cops. Which I didn't know was a thing. I guess I wow. can understand why it would cause problems when you're, like, in the moment and you're trying to, like, 
I don't know. They presented two issues with it that made me understand how it was a problem that he's colorblind. Like, guy in the gray shirt, and he was yeah. like, I don't know. And I'm not colorblind. Everyone. So I don't understand exactly how it works. I'm assuming that they did their research and that they were, like, pretty scientifically on point. That, like, it gave him super night vision or something. But, um, <laughs> I don't know. Make him a nighttime cop. Color doesn't yeah. matter in the dark. It was... I didn't know it was a premise for firing someone. Yeah. That they... You can't be a colorblind cop. Because once they said that in the courtroom, like, everyone gasped. Everyone was like, oh, colorblind. I was like, oh, everyone knows this except me? Yeah, this everyone was like, his life thing. fucking over. And I was like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> All right. I didn't know. Um, yeah, that's dumb. Whatever. At least we know he got his happy ending. See, wasn't it nice that they took everything away from him and then they gave us so much to work with for the future? Yay. Yay. That's why I'm mad. Yep. That's why I'm mad. They took everything away at the last episode and then they didn't give anything back. Nothing. I d it's just really disappointing. It's that same thing that we've experienced in the past where it's like we have like whatever... Everything we've ever wanted from a K drama, and then they're like, except these things that you wanted most. <laughs> I don't know how to be angry with you because you did so well, like with Investigator Choi, and you did so well with Hongju and Jay Chan, and you did so well with everyone, literally everyone except the one character that I just needed everything from. Yeah. Even, like, Daegu, the school friend, got a really good ending. He got a best friend. He got to go to the wedding. Right, he got invited was, um, to the wedding. He got invited. He but seems Wu to be Tok doing okay. didn't get invited to the wedding, even though he was so involved in all of their court cases for a year. I don't know how long it was. They don't know him from Sam. <laughs> He's not invited. Yeah. Or he was. Okay, now this, we're just going to title this... We're just going to title this episode, like, um, we need a Wu Talk tie-up episode. Yep. That's what That's this is called. That's a terrible title. Find a better one. I feel like, uh... <laughs> in charge of finding a better title. <laughs> we'll just call it Wu Talk Who Talk. No, I hate that I just said that. <laughs> That's coming out in editing. <laughs> I hate myself. <laughs> I like it. Um, no, I feel like we'll do a bonus episode on this, uh, particular K-drama, and then we'll go into it, like, super intending to talk about anything other than how much we miss Wu-Talk, and then it will once again be all about <laughs> Wu-Talk, because I'm pretty sure what we were supposed to do was wrap up the final four episodes of While You Were Sleeping, and we've spent about 30 minutes of the 48 that we've been recording talking about Wu-Talk. So oh, that's man. where we're at um, as podcasters who like to That's think where we're at. Yeah. My but, bad. No, I did. <laughs> Please listen to the bonus episode. We will try really hard not to do this. Yeah, we uh, will probably look up some more comments on the 
place that we find comments. And if, uh, unless you guys want to email us with your questions, comments, favorite parts, uh, least favorite parts, what you would call this episode about Wu-Talk, um, really anything, just chat with us. We like talking about K-dramas. So That's what we do. It's all we do. And it's all we do. So get in touch and let us know what we should talk about for the bonus episode, because right now it's um, probably going to be a wrap-up of these four episodes, <laughs> since we didn't do that this time. Yep. <laughs> Oh boy. Um, that and comments from probably Vicky, because Vicky is where we watch our K dramas. And they've got plenty of commenters out there talking about while you were sleeping. And um, that's what we'll do. That's yeah. what we'll do next week. We'll chat about what other people think, because we've chatted a lot about what we think. So it's time to include some other opinions. Oh, we, uh, I don't even know how many nominations we've had for, like, Bus Stop Girl Award or Happy Award. Investigator Choi, I'm pretty sure, uh, we, at one point, we tried to make his own award for him. And then, mm. at this point, I'm just like, probably he just gets the Happy Award. But we'll see, we'll see. Yeah. Especially since he died, he probably gets the Happy Award. Yeah, you have to die to get the Happy Award. <laughs> <laughs> you have to die a noble death. Died. So, so do you. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't remember a bus stop girl in this show. I feel like we'd have to go back and listen to our prior episodes. Because bus stop girl comes and goes so quickly. Yeah. But she really leaves an impression. Yeah. I feel like if there was a bus stop girl, we should remember her right now. So Or him. Yeah. Bus stop girl can be a boy. Yeah, yeah. Bus stop girl can be anybody. Yep. Maybe it'll just be Robin. <gasps> Robin. Um. <laughs> he, he didn't really earn an award, but I want to give him one. Um, awesome. So you guys know where to reach us, but we'll go over it again. Uh, the first is our website, playonk.com, where you can comment on the episodes. Beep, beep, beep. Playonkpodcast at gmail.com. You can send us spoilers, comments, anything, critiques. Whatever you feel, just a little chat about a K-drama, we're there for it. Um, and there. then we're also on Twitter, we're at PlayOnK. And we're at iTunes, the, just PlayOnK, under podcasts. So when you're on iTunes, that's the biggest one. So subscribe, comment, leave a review, let people know that you're listening to us on iTunes, because that's, I think, what most people listen to us on. So yeah, yeah, get involved any of those places, and we'll be back next week for the bonus episode. So if you do get involved between this episode and next episode, we'll give you a little shout out, and we'll mention your comments, and we'll talk about you and to you. And then one last thing, I just want to thank our really good friend James for doing our theme song for us. Thank you, James. James Hevel. I should include a last name because there are many Jameses in this world. Too many, but none as talented as this one. Yep. Thanks, James Hevel. <gasps> okay, bye. Bye. Pop.